Welcome to podcast number 162 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Today is an exciting podcast because we're going to deal with the steps to financial success or the steps to financial failure. In my book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living, I have a two-page explanation of these steps. And what's in the book is just simply some statements that I'll read. But today I'm going to expand that significantly and give you scriptures that relate to each and every one of those steps and talk about them so that we can all understand how it can receive financial success in our life and how we can avoid financial failure. So today I've entitled this podcast, Choose Steps to Prosperity or to Poverty. Before we get into it, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction. Heavenly Father, I come to you once again and ask for your comfort, your direction, your guidance, your wisdom, your knowledge to bring this podcast to those who are listening in today. I'm sure that many of them desire financial prosperity and want to avoid poverty. So Lord, I pray now that you would anoint and bless this podcast today. I invite the Holy Spirit in now to take control, to take charge, and to lead me through this discussion on the area of finances. I pray that you would bless it, that you would anoint it. And I believe today, Lord, we'll learn some lessons because we're going to be getting your word out and reading a number of scriptures and see how they apply to the decisions that we make in our life. So I pray for your divine touch and your anointing. And I pray, Lord, that those who are listening in, Father, will prosper from this message today. They would be blessed and that they would experience the joy of debt-free living. They would experience the joy of financial freedom and they would enjoy, Father, the fullness of committing their total financial plan to you. Bless them now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to start off by talking about the steps to financial failure. Now, a lot of people say, well, that's not a very positive way to start. Well, I want to end it with the steps to success and financial prosperity. So you have to start somewhere. So let me just read you a statement that tells us how we can take the wrong steps in order to see our finances be hurt, be injured, be wounded, and we need to avoid these steps. So step number one says this, I want it now, I need to treat myself, so I don't want to wait to pay cash. Now, that little statement's in my book, but let me just kind of expand on that now because a lot of people get into trouble financially because they want it now. They don't have any patience. They won't wait. They just got to have it and that's all there is to it. They've just got to treat themselves. And that word treat is something that I have a problem with when I'm counseling people in the area of their finances to have their finances line up according to the word of God. And that is that people feel like they need to treat themselves all the time. I've talked to people who literally go out and treat themselves daily by buying snacks and treats and desserts and things because they figure they're making a good step. But in reality, that treat is hurting them and robbing them of financial prosperity. It's the first step. Just take a second and think about that. If you go out every day and treat yourself to six or seven or eight dollars worth of treats and you do that 30 days a month, let's say it's eight dollars, that's two hundred and forty dollars every month, which is over $2,500 a year. And in 10 years, it's over 25000 If you took that money and just put it in a savings account and earned 3 or 4% on it, you could double that money in 10 years. So we need to avoid treats and feeling like we got to treat ourselves every time we take a step in our finances. So let's talk about what the scriptures have to say about having patience in our decision making and having the kind of relationship with the Lord and with the Word of God in order to operate properly. Now, I'm going to read in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, you may wonder, well, what does that, this have to do with finances? Well, stay with me. It says love, joy, peace. Well, peace is certainly something we need to have in our finances and patience. 
That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's a gift that the Holy Spirit gives us, which is the fruit of the Spirit in our life, to have patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. So if we have those things in our life, we've taken a giant step towards a successful financial life. And many times people think, well, that's not going to make a big deal, $8 a day here or there. It's going to make a huge difference in your finances. But more importantly than that, in the early stages, it's going to set up a plan of consistent decision-making in your finances. So instead of saying, I want it now, so I got to have it now, I need to treat myself, instead of saying that, and or why do I have to wait to buy something until I have cash? Why can't I just go ahead and charge it? Those are patterns of inconsistency in our finances, and they will rob us of financial success. So let's look at another scripture here to tell us how we need to avoid wanting things now and God having everything today. When we think we need it, we just go get it. And we need to learn how to avoid that. So let's get another scripture here found in James chapter 3 and verse 16 in the New Living Translation. Listen to this. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Now, this passage of scripture is basically telling us to have patience. It's telling us that we need to think of others. We need to be concerned about those selfish ambitions that we have and that we can have disorder in our life. So we want order in our life. So just to review step number one, we need to avoid the attitude of I want it now or that I need to treat myself or I need to get it right now. I don't need to have patience to pay cash. I'm just going to go ahead and charge it and get what I want now. Those are the first steps towards financial poverty. Now let's look at my second step towards how we step into financial failure. I call it this, blame my circumstances, make statements like the boss doesn't like me or like I never get a break, having what I call the victim mentality. We cannot walk around saying that nobody ever helps me, no one ever blesses me, why does everyone else get blessed and I don't get blessed? That's a mentality we've got to get out of our life. It's the victim mentality. We believe that in every situation, in every case, we're the victim and we're the one being picked on. There's an old song that has these words in it. It says, why is everybody always picking on me? Well, we can fall into that trap. We can get ourselves caught in this idea that we are constantly being abused and picked on and being taken advantage of. But that's not how God made us. God made us to be overcomers, to be successful people, to be influencers of other people rather than being influenced every time we do something. So to avoid this this second step, which is blame my circumstances or the boss doesn't like me or I never get a break, why don't we just claim the promises of God found in Isaiah chapter 54 and verse number 17. It says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. God is telling us that no weapon formed against us will succeed. I pray that every day over my wife and I in my prayer time, at the end of the day, I would say, Lord, I thank you so much that no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. And I claim that and I believe that because that's the promises of God. So if we think that we're always getting picked on, we need to just ignore that and move forward and believe that God is going to bless us and he has a plan for us in our life. Let's move on to step number three now. Here's the statement I wrote in my book. I impulse buy. I let others control my spending. You know, we've got to control our decisions. We can't be tossed and turned around by every whim of doctrine, they say. We can't be a 
influenced by other people to think that whatever they say is fine. If they say it's a good time to do this, we do that. If they say it's a good time to do make this decision, then we make that decision. No, we need to make our own decisions based upon prayer, based upon seeking God's instruction, based upon counsel from other people. And we need to learn that and practice that every day. And we need to be people of influence. We need to avoid all types of impulse purchases. That means just buying something because you want it at the moment. That is not God's plan for our life. So let's get that out of our life. Let me give you a scripture that'll help you, I think, in this area, in this third step. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 33, at the end of that verse, it says, bad company corrupts good character. Be careful who we spend time with. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. That means we need to encourage each other and bless each other. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. See, these are scriptures to help us understand that we need to be careful of other people trying to influence us in the decisions that we're making. So we need to move forward now to avoid financial failure. Let's take step number four. And I've got it listed here as one of the ways that we can step into financial failure is to buy things just because it makes us feel good or make the statement, after all, I work and I deserve this. You know, a lot of people run run into this mindset that they haven't had a good day unless they purchase something personally for them. Matter of fact, I kid around sometimes with our kids. They were growing up. I'd ask my daughter, I'd say, did you have a good day today? And she'd say, yeah, dad, mom bought me something. And I would, and I was fine. I was happy with her, but I wanted her to understand that, honey, you don't have a good day based on what you received or what you bought or whether someone gave something to you. You can get a great day by giving something to other people and to blessing others. So we need to be careful that we don't walk around saying, well, I had a good day today because I got something, I received something, or after work, I deserve deserved a treat. I needed I deserved to give myself something special. No, those are not the ways to avoid financial failure. You see, the devil himself wants to get us to think that we're being blessed by feeling good or by getting something for ourselves. But in reality, God's words tells us that we've got to identify that God is our source in everything, that God is our source of hope. In Psalm 19, 1, it says, for the heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship. That's the type of scripture that we need to talk about, that we need to think about on a day-to-day basis, that the skies or the heavens, we can look up into the heavens after work and just look at the glory of God and see the clouds forming or see a storm coming in or a storm leaving, whatever it might be. And we can experience joy from that and look at the majesty and the greatness of God and his creative power. And that's the type of, if you want to say feelings, those are the ones that we need to feed ourselves. We also need to understand that God is our source of every good and perfect gift. The word of God tells us that so that God is the one that gives us blessings. God is the one that gives us air to breathe. God is the one that gave us eyes to see. And God is the one who blesses us. And we want to rejoice in him and not rejoice in feeling good or in things that we feel we deserved or treats that we need to get or impulse purchases that we need to buy to make ourselves feel better. This next step is one that a lot of people are going to have a problem with because it has to do with budgeting. The fifth step that I have in in heading down the trail to financial failure or poverty is thinking that budgeting is for losers. That the only time you need to budget is because you can't control things, that you don't know how you know to handle things on your own. You got to have some little gadget or something to 
show you how to spend your money. Well, that's just bad thinking. The Bible says that a man plans his ways and that the Lord directs his steps. So therefore, a budget is planning our ways. Let me give you another scripture found here in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 24. It says this, work hard and become a leader, be lazy and become a slave. Not having a budget is really a form of laziness in our finances. Not having a budget is basically saying, I don't want to take the time and waste my time to do that. A lot of times people don't have a budget because they don't want to be restricted. They don't want to be controlled by a plan for their spending. They just want to spend it as they get it. And by doing that, they're going to wind up struggling in their finances. Here's another scripture that'll help us in understanding the significance of having a budget and that it is not for losers. It's for achievers. It's for successful people. First Corinthians chapter four and verse two is a wonderful scripture to help us understand the significance of being faithful and prove ourselves to be faithful so that God will bless us and to set up a plan, a budget, a plan of our finances and our spending. It's in first Corinthians chapter four, verse number two, New Living Translation. Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. What we are is we're put in charge of our finances. When we make money, there isn't anybody saying, okay, now you're going to spend it this way and that way and this way and that way. We are in charge of it. So therefore, we must be wise with our spending and have the wisdom to know the proper way to spend and the proper way to save and the proper way to make expenditures that'll bless our finances rather than hurt them. Let me close this part of the teaching out in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 23. Listen to these words. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You see, it's so crucial we understand that we're doing all this for the Lord. We're doing this so we'll be blessed, so we'll be an example of God's blessing. So let me just wrap up now the five steps towards financial failure. One is I want it now. I got to have it now. I want to treat myself so I'm not going to save anything to pay cash. The next step is blame my circumstances. The boss doesn't like me. I never get a break. Number three, I impulse buy. I buy whatever I want whenever I want it. I let, I let others control my spending. Number four, buying to feel good. After all, I work and I deserve this. And five, thinking that budgeting is for losers. Those are all steps that take us down the path towards financial failure. Now, the rest of this podcast is going to be a positive one that'll help us understand exactly how we can have our stair steps to financial prosperity. The first one is found in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number six, and it has to do with accepting discipline. Now, some of you might be saying, I thought this was going to be positive. You said the word discipline. Well, I'm going to tell you what, discipline can be one of the most positive things that can happen in our life. It says here in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse six, for the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. He accepts us as his children. Verse number seven says, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. You see, discipline has a reward. Another scripture in the Bible says that God loves those and disciplines those that he loves because he wants to bless us. One translation says he wants to reward us. Another one says he wants to profit us. And those are all good things. I got to tell you right now, I love the discipline of the Lord. I don't want you to call me up and discipline me. I don't want you to send me an email me and discipline me. I don't want my wife or my family or friends to discipline me, but I want my God to discipline me because when he does, he's doing it because he wants to bless me. Discipline produces 
blessing when we receive the discipline in the way that God intended it. If we discipline ourselves by having a good budget, then God will bless us in our finances. If we discipline ourselves by giving of our finances to the Lord, then we'll be blessed by being better stewards of what we have. So accept discipline. That's the first step towards financial success. Step number two, determine how much you spend. It's time that we sit down and set some guidelines up as to how much we're going to spend and don't just buy stuff because we want it right now. In order to be successful financially, we've got to learn how to control our spending. It's not so much how much we make. It really has so much to do with how much we spend because a lot of people, the more they make, the more they spend. And you say, well, that's a way of life. No, that is not a way of life. That's a way to financial failure. We need to have a consistency and a pattern of controlling spending. And as we get an increase, then we're able to help others and give to the work of the Lord and save and set up a retirement plan. So we need to control our spending. In James chapter 1 and verse 5, it says this, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Now, it's so important when we ask God, should we buy this or should we not buy that? Or should we buy a more expensive house? or a more expensive car, wait for the Holy Spirit to tell you and let you know whether he's in agreement with that because God, I believe, answers prayer through giving us peace. When you pray about something about, well, should we buy this expensive car? And you pray about it, but you don't have peace, you're hearing from God because God is the author of peace and he will give you peace when it applies to the right decisions that we're going to make. If you decide to hold off on that car and you do get peace and now you receive peace because you feel that God has directed you, you're receiving the instruction instruction to the Lord and is helping you to be successful in your finances and quite frankly in everything that you do. Here's step number three now to financial success or financial prosperity is, is entitled this, just simply reduce spending. Now, I know I talked a little bit about spending already, but now we need to go a little further into that because I believe the key to success in your finances has so much to do with spending. Let me give you an example. Our government in the United States is out of control in spending. They just spend, spend, spend. There's just nonstop spending. If they want something, they just spend. And if they want to increase their expenditures, they just pass rules and laws to increase their expenditures. And then they also turn around and print all the money that they feel they need to print just so they can spend more. We could do so much better in our country if we had a budget and we lived to that budget. The government's budget basically is meaningless because all they do is vote to just increase it and increase it and increase it. Now, our budget must be full of meaning, must be full of wisdom, must be full of guidance and direction. We need to put together a plan of spending that works according to the amount of income that we make. So let me give you a couple of scriptures I think that might help when it comes to reduce spending in our life. I think everyone would agree with me when it comes to spending, we need to increase our wisdom. Proverbs 8 verse number 12 says this, I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. You see, it's so important that we gain wisdom and we gain understanding and we gain discernment when it comes to understanding what should we do and what should we not do in the area of our finances. Let me read now Proverbs 14 and verse 15, talking about judgment and wisdom and those types of things. It says here, only 
simpletons believe everything they're told. The prudent carefully consider their steps. See, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are led of God. These are steps I'm giving you to leading to financial success. We need to have stair steps in our life. We need to have steps that we, we stay in contact with and in line with and take those steps and, and to move forward in a way that will bless our finances and not make decisions and do things radically or flippantly and just off the spur of the moment make decisions that'll hurt our finances. We need to have a plan of attack when it comes to reducing spending. Let's look at Proverbs 22 and verse number three. Listen to this one. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. You know, when I was a banker, I did a lot of financing for people to help them get into their homes or remodel their homes or whatever they needed. I tried to help them. I didn't want them to get in trouble financially with a lot of loans, but I wanted to be able to bless them and help them. So I would have people who come in and they say they wanted to buy a boat and they needed a loan for it. And I'd ask them, do you know what it costs to maintain a boat, to keep it up, to service that boat and the cost of gas and all these types of things? And they would say, well, not really, but it can't be that much. And I would try to explain to them the costs related to owning a boat or the costs related to having a swimming pool in your backyard. People would say, I want a swimming pool. We want to have it for our kids. I think it's great. A swimming pool is a wonderful thing. We had them for our children all the years that they were growing up. But few people actually sit down and evaluate and determine what's the expense of maintaining a pool. The chemicals that you purchase today, they've gone up in tremendously uh, expensive now to have various types of chemicals for your pool or the electricity you use in running the pump to keep your your pool water clear and clean. Those costs add up and they're things that people don't take into consideration. So we need to get wisdom and we need to get guidance and direction. And it says here in verse three, a prudent person foresees the danger and takes precaution. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So let's not suffer the consequences. Let's make good decisions and move on. I'm going to move on to step number four on the road to financial prosperity. See yourself being debt-free. Now, have you ever thought about that? If you haven't, just close your eyes for a second. I always like to do that when I say see yourself being debt-free. Take a second and think about that. What would it be like to be completely debt-free? And I mean your house payment, your house is paid off. Your car payment, your car is paid off. Your credit cards, they're all paid off. You don't have any debt or obligations and you're allowed to do whatever you want to with the money that you make. What an amazing position that is. And I know what it's like because I've been there for years and I thank God for that. But I can tell you there's a plan to become debt-free. The first step is to see yourself being debt-free. You've got to say to yourself, I can be debt-free. Now, a lot of folks I've talked to said, oh, I'll never be debt-free. I'm not that kind of person. I've got to have things and I'll never make the kind of money that I need to make in order to be debt-free. Well, that's that's not how you should confess yourself. God looks at you as being the lender and not the borrower. I think it's in the book of Deuteronomy. I've used that scripture before that God sees us never needing to borrow money from people ever again. He talked to the people of Israel. So he's talking to you that way today that you can be the lender and not the borrower. You can be debt-free and God has a plan for that. Let's read a scripture that might help us in that area. One of my all-time favorite scriptures found in the book of Romans and it's verse 17 and 18. This is where God made a promise that he can bring forth something from nothing. And it says here in verse 17, that is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. He told that to Abraham. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things things out of nothing. I want God to create something new in your life and that is the feeling of being debt-free and then experiencing it and know exactly what it's like to be debt-free and to prosper financially in everything that you do. And I know God's got that plan for you in your life. 
So let's step into the, his plan according to his word, according to the steps that we're talking about here today. Now, the last step in financial success or prosperity is called live debt free. So therefore, it's not only see yourself being debt free, but then learn how to live in it and stay in it. It's like a person who loses a lot of weight, but they gain it all back. The same thing can happen to you when you get out of debt and then you go right back into debt again. And then you figure out a way to get out of debt and you go back into it. We've got to set up plan of good works and a consistent plan of good works so that once we get the success that we want in our finances, we can live that way. So live debt free. Romans chapter 13 verse 8 gives us a scripture I like. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. (laughs) See, that's a debt we always have. And that is to love other people. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. You know, we've got to understand that we can be debt free. We can maintain that. We can live that way consistently. And we need to learn through in the book of Philippians, it talks just about being anxious for nothing. Don't worry about whether you're going to get out of debt. Don't worry about whether you can stay out of debt. Just believe that God will help you and bless you and keep you in a position of debt free living. Now, let me give you a quick review of the five steps towards financial prosperity. First of all, accept discipline. Remember, God disciplines that us because he loves us. We are his children and he disciplines us for our benefit, for our blessing, for our profit, for our rewards. Number two, determine how much you spend. We need to understand exactly what we're spending, why we're spending it, make decisions on what's a good expenditure and what are not good expenditures. So that's a vital step in financial prosperity. Number two, reduce spending. Get a plan to control your spending habits so that you don't spend more every time you make more. There's a great story about a man that I knew who was making $100,000 a year and and he lived a $100,000 a year life. Then he became extremely successful financially and he went to a million dollars a year income, but he kept his spending at $100,000. And then he went to $2 million a year in income and he decided, well, instead of spending $100,000 a year, I think I can do $200,000. So what he was doing was spending 10% of what he made and saving, investing, and giving to the work of the Lord the 90% that he was making. What an amazing story of trust and confidence in God. And so he understood that he didn't have to increase his spending every time his income increased. Now, I know if there's certain basic things you need, I'm talking about needs, not wants and desires, but what you need, that as you make more, you might be able to start buying those things that you need. There's nothing wrong with that. But once you get your needs fulfilled, then let's determine how we can control our spending. All right, see yourself being debt-free. Just start to envision it. Close your eyes and dream about it and think about it. And think about, what would I do if I didn't have a car? payment? What would I do if I didn't have a house payment? What would I do if I didn't have these these bills and these debts and these charge accounts and credit cards? How would I be able to spend that money? And I'll tell you what, your mind will fill up with wonderful things that you can do. I hope it's not all just for yourself, but it's, oh, it's, it'll be used for a way to bless others also. And then finally, learn how to live debt-free. Once you learn how to see yourself debt-free and you get there, then live debt-free. Be in a position of understanding that I don't need debt in my life. I don't need to continually increase my cost of living, I can control my spending. And by controlling my spending, I can prosper. Now, I can tell you, you've seen an awful lot of talk today about controlling spending because I believe that is probably the biggest problem we have in the area of financial prosperity. People lack for financial prosperity because they want things now. They got to have it now. We can wait. We can have patience. It's it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. We can have that kind of patience in our life and God will give it to us. So I'm going to believe that God's going to bless you so you can take the stair steps to financial prosperity 
prosperity and avoid the stair steps towards financial poverty. So with that, let me just pray and ask a blessing over you as we close up this podcast. Father, thank you once again for the opportunity I've had to bring this message at this time to these people, Lord, who are listening in. I pray it'll bless them. And I pray, Father, that they will choose the right steps to take, Lord, based upon your word. They'll get wisdom, get guidance, get direction, make good decisions, and see themselves debt-free, see themselves prospering financially. I just believe that's that's what you want for them, Father. Your word tells us we should prosper in all things and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. You love prosperity. And I speak that prosperity into them. I pray that they would call forth that prosperity into their life. Call forth that good job. Call forth that attitude towards spending that's correct. Call forth good budgeting. Call forth savings and blessing the work of the Lord and blessing their own finances also and blessing their plan for retirement. I believe that can happen in each and every one of their lives and I believe it's going to start even now in this day. And I'll thank you for it in advance and give you all the praise now. For I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope that you've been blessed by this podcast today. I have. You can tell there's a lot more energy in my voice today because I just love to show people the path to financial prosperity and help them understand the road to poverty is out there. And the devil wants us to go into poverty. That's what he wants. God wants us to go into prosperity. So I pray that you were blessed by it. And I hope that this will be a blessing to you and to those maybe you talk to about this. If you'd like to get additional information about my teachings and the various things that I do, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get to my webpage, you'll see a link there to all the podcasts that I've done on this podcast series of Quality Christian Living. You can find that link, click it on, and you'll see 162 plus podcasts talking about various topics on prosperity, on faith, on the gifts of the Spirit, the power gifts of the Spirit, on marriage and family, and all the things that add up to living a wonderful, quality Christian life. I hope they'll be a blessing to you. In addition to that, when you get to my webpage, you'll see references to a number of books that I've written. One I think that would be particularly helpful to you in this area that we're talking about today, and it's that book's entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. I wrote that a few years ago. It's based upon my 20 years as a banker, my 20 years as a real estate developer, and my 20 years as a pastor of a church. You must be thinking I'm 180 years old. Well, not quite, but I've been blessed to be able to start teaching at a very young age in my teens and helping people in the area of their finances. So I pray God will bless you, and I hope that those that material might be helpful to you. There's another book. I wrote there entitled Generosity, What's in It for Me? It's a wonderful teaching the Lord gave me on the the joys and the excitement of generosity in our life. And once we catch generosity, God will be extremely generous to us and he will pour out a blessing, the Bible says, that we won't even be able to contain. So I believe that'll bless you. In addition to that, if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So I hope today this teaching has been a blessing to you. I pray that it will bless you. I just want to close with these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. I got to tell you, next podcast coming up is going to be one that I've been working on for quite a while. It's simply entitled Financial Freedom. And I'm telling you, if, if you get a hold of that, I wrote a book years ago, maybe 10 years ago on financial freedom, and I don't even reprint it anymore because I've written new books since then. But that book really helped a lot of people. I used to do financial training classes at the church based on biblical principles, and I wanted people to be financially debt-free. I wanted people to be financially successful in everything that they did. So I believe it would be a blessing to you. You might want to let your friends and family members know that we're going to be teaching on financial freedom 
and I pray it'll bless them. So with that, I just thank you once again for listening in. I hope it's been a blessing to you. So until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. May you prosper in all things and may your finances prosper and may you be debt free. And I believe that for you and I call it forth in your life and give you give God praise for it now. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.